Hey, good morning. It's good to be with you on this uh, wonderful Monday morning. I'm glad we're together and getting to uh, continue to read through God's Word and continue to read through Scripture together as we continue in Acts. It's good to be with you now. Um, today, uh, we're going to pick up with Acts chapter 9. Uh, you know, we've been, we've been spending a lot of time um, with Paul recently, or still called Saul. Um, and um, we're going to see the next... And start, you know, in this chapter here, nine, the next few chapters, we're going to see a little bit of um, ping-ponging back and forth between Peter and Paul. Up until this point, it's been very heavy on Peter and the other apostles, and the growth of the church has been primarily, but not exclusively, among the, the Jewish believers or the, uh, the the Jewish individuals. You know, we've seen exceptions. We've seen Philip with the Ethiopian eunuch. We've seen Philip go to Samaria. So it, it's not been exclusively among the Jewish community, but it's been primarily. But at with Saul, who will soon become Paul, on the scene, um, we're going to see in the coming chapters a shift towards Paul and the uh, missionary efforts <clears throat> to the Gentiles. So but in this, in these chapters here, starting, you know, chapter nine and moving forward a bit, you're going to see some stuff with Paul. Then you're going to see some stuff with Peter and Paul and Peter and Paul and Peter. So I'm saying off to say that for the next little while, we're going to shift back to Peter. And one of the things you see with Peter primarily, and Paul says this in some of his writings, that Peter is primarily the apostle uh, that works among the Jewish believers. Once again, not exclusively, but primarily he does that. However, we're going to see something really different and cool begin to happen with Peter. So we're going to we're going to um, see Peter uh, primarily today in chapter nine, verses thirty-two through the end of the chapter, verse forty-three, in um, Lydia and Joppa. So, um, and this this passage here sets up. It's significant, but this passage here really sets up what's going to happen in chapter ten, which is one of those key, chapter 10 that we're going to talk about tomorrow, is one of those key turning points in church history. So let's pick up with verse 32 of chapter 9. Now Peter went here and there among the believers. He came and also found the saints living in Lydia. There he found a man named Ananias, who had been bedridden for eight years, He was for he was paralyzed. Peter said to him, Ananias, Jesus Christ heals you. Get up and make your bed. Immediately he got up, and all the believers of Lydia and Sharon saw him and turned to the Lord. Now in Joppa, there was a disciple whose name was Tabitha, which is in, which in Greek is Dorcas. She was devoted to good works and acts of charity. At that time, she became ill and, Ill and died. When they, had washed, when they had washed her, they laid her in a room upstairs. Since Lydia was near Joppa, the disciples who heard that Peter was there sent two men to him with a request, please come to us without delay. So Peter got up and went to them. When he arrived, they took him up to the room upstairs. All the windows stood beside him, stood beside him. All the widows stood beside him, weeping and sh showing tunics and other clothing that Dorcas had made while she was with them. Peter put all of them outside. Then he knelt down and prayed. He turned to the body and said, Tabitha, get up. She opened her eyes. Seeing Peter, she sat up. He gave her his hand and helped her up. Then calling the saints and widows, he showed her to be alive. This became known throughout Joppa. Many believed in the Lord. Meanwhile, he stayed in Joppa for some time with a certain Simon, a tanner. Okay, so Peter is out. 
I like how it <laughs> the Bible has just I don't know they're, they're, these lines sometimes they just make me laugh. It says here today now as Peter went here and there among the believers. It uh, it doesn't say where he's going or where he's been. Just, he's just kind of he's just kind of you know going around just here going here and there. You know it's like a, I used to joke that um, my goal when I retire from ministry one day. It's going to get an, it'd be, it's, I'm going to buy an old pickup truck and I'm going to have a golden retriever and I'm going to put that golden retriever in the back of the truck and we're just going to loaf around town. That's We're just going to go here and there. We're just going to go to the hardware store and go to McDonald's and drink coffee with the other old men and complain about stuff. That's just, that's just what I'm, that's what I'm going to do when I retire. I'm going to go here and there. So Peter is going here and there among the believers. Uh, and he came to Lydia and there in Lydia, uh, there was a man named Ananias and he had been praying, he'd been bedridden, um, and Peter healed him. And he heals him in the name of Jesus Christ. He doesn't say, Peter doesn't say, I heal you. He says, Ananias, Jesus Christ heals you. So much like in earlier in Acts, when uh, Peter and John say, gold and silver, we have not. But what we have, we give you in the name of Jesus Christ. Take up your mat and walk. Peter Peter's always very specific in giving the praise and the glory to Jesus and all of these things. Remember, Acts is full of signs and wonders. Signs and wonders. So he's healed. Then they go to Joppa. Um, and um, we see Tabitha. And it says, which in Greek is Dorcas. Um, and so we see that um, if she was not Greek or Gentile, she was at least really connected to the, the Gentiles. We see here a Gentile bent. And that is what's significant. As we are in these stories here, we're beginning to see a bend of the gospel and, and a bend of the movement of the church to go outside of the Jewish believers and to go to the Gentile believers and go to the entire world. That Christianity is not just a subset of Judaism, but that Christianity is a new thing that comes from a Jewish history and heritage and has a Jewish foundation. But Christianity is a, is, is, is a Yes, it is an extension of Judaism, but is something completely new in that the point of Judaism was the keeping of the law. The point of Christianity is the following of Jesus. The gospel is this. Jesus Christ is Lord. That's the gospel, that Jesus Christ is Lord. He's Lord of my life. He's Lord of the universe. He's Lord of the world. And so, as Peter will write, I'm sorry, as Paul will write later, Every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. He is Lord of life. He is Lord of death. He is Lord of the resurrection. He is Lord of the Sabbath. He is Lord of all things. And so, if Jesus is Lord, that means he is Lord not just of the Jewish believers, but also of the Gentile believers. And so, this these two healing stories begin to spread throughout the community. People begin to hear the great things that Peter's done in the name of Jesus. And Peter is now in Joppa, and he stays with Simon. Um, and so um, Simon is a man who's a tanner. Uh, that is a uh, that is a, a, a profession or vocation that leads, I mean, if you're not done right, can lead to uncleanliness. So we see now here the gospel is going to begin to move into places, into people that um, would at one point been seen as unclean as Gentiles.
So, and that's going to create a whole nother can of worms for the church in the coming chapters for what that means. But Peter's ministry and Peter's healing and Peter's life is found is founded upon the truth of this. Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord. Lord of all people, Lord of all places, Lord of all things, Lord of me, Lord of you, Lord of those who confess his lordship and Lord of those who do not confess his lordship. Because scripture says every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that he's Lord. So all will confess he's Lord. And so the, the purpose and the goal now is to, there's a great quote by C.S. Lewis. Uh, Lewis says, uh, he says, die before you die. There is no chance afterwards. And I like that. Um, he's Lord. And so the challenge is, will we confess his lordship now? Will we accept his lordship now? Or will we accept when it's too late? Um, Tim Keller says, uh, if we're going to be honest, we much rather prefer, G prefer Jesus as an advisor than as a Lord. Um, sometimes we just want Jesus' opinion. But we don't want to do what he says. My Sunday school teacher in college had a line that used to always um, stay with me. You know, uh, the, the joke is every college kid rebels and, you know, does something. So I rebelled in college. I joined the Baptist church <laughs> and um, I went to First Baptist Jackson for a long time when Frank Pollard was pastor there. And my goodness, if those of you that have been around for a while know that there, there won't be a better preacher ever than Frank Pollard. But I went to the college Sunday school class there at First Baptist um, when I was in, in college and our, the, the Eubanks were our teachers. And uh, Miss Eubie said one day years ago, you know, golly, almost 30 years ago now, um, you cannot say the phrase, no Lord. Because if you say no Lord, that means that he's not your Lord. You don't tell your Lord, no. So Peter is living his life in his ministry on that concept. Jesus is Lord. And so we see that's Lord, not just of the Jews, but of the Gentiles as well. So that's where this is headed. And that's why it's headed there. So um, I'm really excited about tomorrow. Um, it's one of the cooler stories in the Bible. So um, we'll pick up tomorrow uh, with Acts chapter 10, uh, verse one. Hey, thanks for joining us today. Have a great Monday. Stay cool out there. I love, I'm, I'm sorry for the Facebook issues we had last week. We had a little bug in our system. We got that worked out. So um, thanks for joining us. Have a great day.